Thanks for joining us on History Makers. Today our guest host is Brian Medway, talking to Chinese missionary Brother Yun. Uh, Brother Yun, uh, uh, welcome to Canberra. Praise the Lord. And uh, we are welcoming Jesus to come to this city. Amen. Um, we have heard uh, many things about the church in China, that there are currently more than one million new believers coming every month in China. Could you tell us how the majority of these become Christians in China at the moment? As it said in the Bible, God so loved the world, and I have to uh, give a different interpretation. God especially loved Chinese because he made so many of them. This, uh, the revival in China has uh, different reasons. One of them was that uh, when the atheist communist regime took power in China, uh, first one, one of the the first things they did, they expelled all the Western missionaries. And a, a new time started in China where there were no missionaries, no pastors, and all the churches were closed. And from the human way of seeing, there would be no uh, possibility that the church would start to grow in China. Uh, they were able to expel all the missionaries and isolate the pastors from the church, but they were not uh, able to cast out the love of God and, and the seed of the gospel that has been blown into the soil of China. And actually these expelled missionaries be- became very powerful intercessors for China. Uh, they, they were not able to return back to China, but they were establishing prayer movements all over the world and people in tens of thousands, maybe millions, started to pray for the little tiny church uh, of Jesus Christ that remain after them in China. And also God answers to the prayers of those thousands of pastors and evangelists and church workers that have been thrown to the labor camps and prisons for tens of years. Every day they were crying to the Lord for the sake of the lost in China. And a supernatural miracle started to uh, happen all over China. Like uh, people, the Holy Spirit started to speak to the hearts of people, people who had never heard about Jesus. They had uh, visions and dreams and appearances of angels who were and, and Jesus himself, and people started through the experienced these miracles, they all started to receive and accept the Lord Jesus. Mm. And my family history is very special. Uh, My mother had received the gospel before revolution through Western missionaries, but she was never a strong believer those years. So uh, during the the waves of persecution uh, at the beginning of the revolution, she left the Lord. But then towards the end of Cultural Revolution in the 1970s, she returned back to the Lord uh, and uh, 
and uh, we experienced a powerful miracle in our family. My father conducted terminal cancer, and he was instantly healed uh, after we whole family been praying for him. So my mother heard the Lord calling her, come back home. She came back to the Lord, and we started to pray. And after my father was healed, uh, the whole family uh, came to the Lord, and she, my mother also led the extended family to the Lord. The family, the structure of the society is a little bit different in China than it is West. Everything, everything is run inside the family. If the family heads come to the Lord, the whole family will be saved. They will make sure that every member in the family become a disciple of Jesus Christ. And it looked like God changed the tools He used uh, in China for to bring the salvation. Uh, he did not use any more the the methods the Western missionaries tried to do the Western way of leading people to the Lord. He did not take use of the all the church buildings that they had built, but he used the family structure of the society and a family revival break out in China. But then in last 15, 20 years, it seems that God has developed an additional way to reach uh, people in China. Uh, and so this, this has become a very powerful. And uh, I believe that it has to do with the uh, what happened on Tiananmen Square. Uh, and the emptiness that was created at the hearts of the people in China. They were totally disappointed upon the, all the faces of, uh, of the uh, communism. And in this emptiness in their souls, they started to look and search what is the truth and what can satisfy my heart. And this uh, led them to the Lord. Until 1990s, the revival was mainly uh, burning high in the countryside. People at the countryside came to the Lord. But in last 20 years, we see the, re- the, the fire of revival burning in cities, in universities, and uh, uh, educational in schools and working places, factories, everywhere where people are crowded uh, uh, today in China in urban uh, environment. Uh, we know that uh, unity between brothers and sisters in Christ is a desire of the heart of Jesus. When there are so many believers in so many different localities and places in China, how does unity be expressed amongst believers in China? God has his ways to create the atmosphere for unity. In China, he used the persecution. And that's the major tool bringing the believers together because everybody is persecuted so they can comfort, come together and there's a reason to receive comfort. I'm I'm having so rough times. I need other brothers and sisters pray for me and that's the reason why they seek unity and come together. Uh, praise the Lord. Last week, I, uh, we were in Germany, and I was invited to speak in one of the largest Lutheran churches uh, in Germany and, and give my personal testimony. 
And the church was packed with uh, Christians from all kinds of churches. We got Catholics and Protestants, and we got Pentecostals. We got people from all of the spectrum of Christianity, and they filled that cathedral. Uh, and actually, the main Lutheran uh, bishop and, and the Catholic father, they asked me the same question. How is it possible that in China you have this unity between the believers? And especially this Catholic father who was the leading father among the Catholics in that region, he said, uh, why is this possible? And I asked this father, I said, why have you invited me to this city? And he said, because we heard that you had been uh, spent four years in a prison with a, one of the Catholic underground uh, cardinals. In, in China, we wanted to hear your testimony. And I said, that is the answer. Because of the persecution, I ended up in the same prison with this priest. And that was the beginning of the unity. And God uh, miraculously used this little cell where I have to spend 24-7 with this Catholic uh, brother in the Lord. And Lord really taught me uh, this lesson of the truly unity of believers. We had the same persecution. He was persecuted as heavy as I were, and we, could, we were able to comfort one another. None of us had this fancy clerk clothing on us. Uh, both of us, we had got a really total haircut. We had a t-shirt and underwear pants uh, and no shoes. We looked alike. We were truly brothers in every way. We were in tears and we were crying to the Lord every day together. Lord, help us to survive. Help us to be uh, faithful to you. And I, I said that every day from morning to day we were on our knees, to get knees together. We were crying on behalf the salvation of our, our nation of China. For four years. Then when we came out, we recognized that there is division among the believers because of these uh, uh, these uh, contacts they have the wor- with the world outside China. So they said uh, that these people, this kind of people, cannot be together with this other kind of people. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful that the Lord started to uh, speak to me after I was released from the prison. What is the truly need of the nation of China? It's not that we need uh, another special religion. It's not about that we need a lot of new church buildings. What we need is Jesus. What we need is the truth that is only in Christ. And Lord has not called us to expand any kind of religion or any special kind of Christian church. He has called us all to share the gospel, preach the gospel, and disciple our nation for Jesus. One of the occasions uh, at the prison, I was... uh, 
forced or brought to work as a blacksmith. And I know that if you want to connect two pieces of uh, iron, you have to put the po- both of these pieces into the very hot fire, and the, it has to be totally red. And then you bring them close together, and you start to use your hammer as, as you are turning it all around again and again in the fire, and you make them one. And afterwards, that is the strongest part of that unity is right there that has been tested by the father. The history of Christianity uh, uh, shows us that if we only by our teaching want to bring the unity, people who are like a cold stone and you teach them and say you have to be unified with others, it will never work. <clears throat> But if you get these believers to pray in tears and, and they start to have spiritual experiences with the Lord Jesus together, that <coughs> will create a bond that will never be broken. And I discovered that, of course, in different kind of uh, domination, different kind of churches, they have their own programs, they have their own ideas, what they want to achieve. But the Great Commission is the same. And I started with great effort to bring everybody understand that what will what unifies us is more than what separates us. Let us all work together, hand in hand, for fulfillment of the Great Commission. Amen. Um, <clears throat> we are... Um, Very excited by the vision to bring the gospel to the nations that have very small numbers of believers, especially indigenous um, believers, uh, nationals. And we understand that the Chinese church has taken from heaven a responsibility to preach the gospel in these nations. And I understand that the Back to Jerusalem vision is a very old uh, vision from God But I would like you to tell me about how this is working out today. Uh, you, what you said is exactly correct. Back to Jerusalem is a God-given vision. It's not an organization uh, and, and it's not a ministry. It is a vision, an old vision that God gave to us, giving to his church in China. So in deep in our hearts at the church in China, we have this desire to make every person living between the Great Wall of China and the Western Wall of Jerusalem as a, a disciple, a believer and disciple of Jesus. Every nation and every tribe and every people group. So there is a, a great, uh, a, a big uh, training operation going on today because uh, we have to train these missionaries, these people who are starting to walk out from China, train them in cross-cultural issues, and in different languages, uh, the people who are heading to, in, to the Buddhist world, Hindu world and the Islamic world and this all is already taking place in China in big numbers.
God has also raised a new generation of Christian motivated visionary businessmen who will go to these regions and they establish their factories, they establish their business and, and use that as a platform for the incoming Chinese missionaries and together they expand, start to expand on the grassroots level the kingdom of God in many of these nations. And uh, we recognize that what is going on right now is still like a little creek, a little river flowing into this barren land. But not long after these days, a heavenly tsunami will hit this region and the presence of the Lord will be there. If I could just say a little story. Uh, I have a friend uh, who, uh, who takes, uh, goes to Mongolia to speak with Christian leaders. Um, he's from Adelaide, South Australia. And uh, the last time he went there, he was with uh, 150 leaders from that nation. And all of them had suffered much but seen great things from God. And he was very humble to be in their presence. And so uh, when he was leaving, he asked them to pray for him. And the man who was leading the gathering talked to him. And he said to him, even though we have many strongholds of darkness in our nation, they are not able to stop the progress of the gospel. But this is not true in your nation. You have strongholds of darkness in your nation. And these strongholds are currently restricting the gospel. And we will pray that God will hear from heaven and give you the strength for your own nation. Um, you must uh, see this strength of opposition to the gospel, not through persecution, but through comfort and wealth. The cross we have to carry in China is different to the cross that you have in the West, but the weight has to be the same. Uh, I remember there was a, a journalist who asked um, uh, one of the most famous nurses work, uh, nuns working in India um, in, among these uh, Mar- Mother, Mother Teresas. They were asking, what are the qualifications of the, your co-workers that you will accept to come and serve uh, in your organization? And she said, we only accept people who are faithful and are really passionate about what they are doing. Whatever duty they receive, they have to have a passion to do it. And then they have to have a joy in their heart when they are serving people. No matter how bad they look like, they have to have a joy when they have a privilege to serve this human being. Uh, Let us join together to pray to our Lord um, here now for the nation of Australia and the nations of the world. Father, we pray. We ask Mm. you in Jesus' name. We Mm. lift up your name, Lord Jesus. We say, Mm. yes, Lord Jesus, Mm. you've come. You've conquered. You've risen. You are glorified. You are alive. We ask, Lord God, that you would have your way in this nation and beyond this nation and to the nations where there is uh, where there are strongholds of darkness. Lord, you are greater than the strongholds. And we pray in your great name that you would have your way and you would be glorified. And you and your love, your love would be would be carried again and again and again to every place. Let love bring the light to the dark places, we pray, in your great name. Amen. Amen.
Resurrected Lord Jesus. In the name or in your powerful name, we will bless the nation of Australia. And Lord, you are going to do a new thing in Australia. And you are going to anoint and send out the church of Australia. And you are going to transform the church of Jesus Christ in this nation to become truly disciples of Jesus Christ. And you can to send them two by two like the 70 people you send. They, have, they were not famous uh, uh, disciples. They, have, they were no-name disciples. You send them all over the place. You can call them out from their situations and their organizations. You will send them uh, to preach two and two. You will send them as a powerful people impacting the nations. And wherever they go, they are going to arise a local army of disciples who will go and take their own nation to the Lord. And you will give them power and authority over all the evil spirit and the forces of darkness. And you are sending them out not only as lamb of a sheep of Jesus, but they will be mighty warriors of Jesus Christ. And in the name of Jesus, we will pour out a spirit, a prophetic spirit and authority to set the captives free upon these people who are obedient and will respond to this calling to go out. And it will start throughout this nation, these sent out people, when they go to their school, when they go to their working place, to the government offices, they start to expand the kingdom of God May your kingdom come upon this nation, and may your will be done in this nation like it is done in heaven. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to download this interview, just go to www.historymakersradio.com. There you can also find links to Facebook and Twitter, and also you can make a donation if you'd like. All emails will be greatly appreciated. Thanks for joining us, and remember, what's the point of getting out of bed if you can't make history? I'm Matt Prater. Have a great week. History Makers.